the Radio 1 91FM podcast. From slinging breakfast on Radio 1 to being the mayor who gets it done, it's time for our fortnightly catch-up with Dunedin's mayor, we're Squawking with Hawkins. Oh, that's right. I'm joined by His Worship Aaron Hawkins. Morena to you, Aaron. Kia ora, Jamie. How often do you get called His Worship? Uh, more often than I am comfortable with. <laughs> Um, Getting used to it slowly. Yeah. Do you get to choose who does your portrait? Uh, I, I, <laughs> it's a little too early to uh, to think about legacy items, but I, I assume so. Yeah. I assume so. Because, I mean, there'd be so many, you know, I don't know what kind of way you'd want to go. You're such a man of the arts. You know, you might want to go abstract, you know, you can go anywhere. Or does it have to be, you know, does it have to fit Danny the Brisbane, mold? maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, actually. <laughs> <laughs> why not do one in pencil? I don't Thank see why you. not. I don't see why not. Hey, um, three names on everybody's lips right now. Um, the uh, coronavirus, SARS coronavirus 2, and COVID-19. Uh, we're all in this situation together. Uh, what's the feeling at council when it comes to this right now? Um, this is obviously uh, a very serious issue and we're taking it very seriously we're, we're seeing internationally what happens uh, if we don't mm-hmm. um, you know we've got the luxury of time in terms of uh, preparedness that uh, other cities and, and countries haven't had so uh, the city council uh, along with um, all of our major institutions have been uh, planning for uh, planning for this for the, for the arrival of uh, COVID-19 in, in Dunedin uh, for quite some time and are continuing to, uh, to do the work to to, um, to, uh, to ramp up that uh, containment effort if, if need be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but, at the, but at the moment, um, you know, this is a, the response that's being led by the Ministry of Health. Uh, our job really is to support them both by um, amplifying their messages and helping implement their guidelines uh, as they develop because this is obviously a a very fast moving situation yeah yeah so i mean i guess you're you're in crisis crisis management prep prep mode like um you know to cover all your bases uh, depending on where it goes what scenario uh, arises but um what are the plans for the amenities um and, and at what point do you you look to close things like the pool and libraries uh, and the like is, is that also a directive from from government, or uh, is that something you look at yourselves and, and you'll pull the pin? Um, not not necessarily waiting for for what they say up in Wellington. Mm. Well, it's, I mean it's both to some degree. Um, of course, were there a directive from the ministry to close all public facilities, then we would do what we're told. Um, we're doing some work uh, around the country with. Uh, local councils around around the country to take a a coordinated approach because obviously when uh, one council decides to shut down its museums and swimming pools the uh, uh, drums will start beating all over the country why aren't you doing it here mm-hmm. uh, so trying to get a, a consistent uh, approach to what the the trigger points are if you like uh, for taking that kind of action uh, and it will look different uh, in different facilities maybe because you know if you're worried about uh, close contact and people touching things, and that's uh, less of an issue at the public art gallery uh, yep. than it is potentially at, uh, at the swimming pool. Or, and we don't um, run the Otago Museum, but at the, the at Tuhura, at the science centre, at the 
uh, at Otago Museum. So uh, I think it's hard to come up with a it's hard to come up with a blanket rule, and so those um, those nuances, if you like, are, uh, are currently being worked through um, by a, a group of chief executives from around the country, including our own. Um, but uh, as I mentioned, this is this is fast moving, and mm. you know, it, it may be that we have to react um, and respond uh, in advance of, of there being a consensus around that. But that's the that's the current uh, planning work that's going on around that, and you know, we acknowledge uh, that people are anxious, and you know, we've got no shortage of inquiries from people asking uh, whether or not it's safe to go to Moana Pool, or you know, why the schools aren't being shut down, or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and, and um, at the moment, our messages, um, yes, this is serious, but and, and yes, people should be sensible and be prepared, but. It's not time to panic just yet. We still don't have uh, community transmission uh, in or Indonesia or in New Zealand, but um, the the way that this is playing out internationally, it would seem that that's only a matter of time. It's a yeah. question of when, not if, I think. But um, you know, the longer we can delay that, um, the longer we have to prepare to respond to that. So. You know the, the the collective effort um, in terms of trying to contain uh, the spread of it in the short term is incredibly important, and not just uh, you know regardless of whether you are a, a high risk, uh, you know a susceptible uh, person, you know particularly our, our older people and our uh, immunocompromised uh, population, mm-hmm. uh, the best thing we can do to uh, to support them is to. Uh, stay at home if you're not feeling well. Work from home if you can. Uh, keep keep your distance uh, from people. Um, wash your hands. It's amazing that this is what it takes to convince people that washing <laughs> your hands is a useful thing to do on a regular basis. So yeah. here we are. Yeah. Um, and all of those things, uh, you know, are, are, are helpful in in trying to contain it for as long as possible. Post um, COVID nineteen, we're going to be a very hygienic nation. I think the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and hey, look, I mean, I know this is um, this is really hard for you know, particularly um, people who suffer from uh, conditions like um, obsessive compulsive disorder, and people for whom recovery is giving yourself coping mechanisms and strategies to not compulsively wash your hands and now the public health guidelines yeah. are, are wash your hands as frequently as possible and so this is you know this is um challenging time for a lot of people in um in quite unexpected ways and so you know just gotta be kind to each other and look after each other and this is a marathon not a sprint and uh um you know that kind of that sense of monarchy tanga and checking in on your friends and neighbors uh, is, is more important than ever. Yeah, indeed. Um, now, you have a large workforce um, in council and with council-owned businesses. And if we do get to a point um, where you're having a lot of people off work, self-isolating stuff, what happens to waste management? What happens to water? What happens to um, lines transmission? Uh, how do you plan to to look after that when you could have a large sway of your workforce in self-isolation? Yeah, so as I said, we're encouraging all of our staff to uh, to stay home if they are at all unwell for whatever reason, and 
and have arranged, you know, we have arrangements to support them um, through additional leave if necessary. The last thing we want is people setting up to work sick because they're worried about a day's sick leave that they don't have. Mm. Um, and, and are doing the work to make sure that uh, anybody who can work from home is able to, so making sure that they have access to the um, to the council systems remotely. All of that stuff is currently happening now. Obviously, um, the, the 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 crew at Tahuna Wastewater Treatment Plant can't work from home, and no. uh, and and nor can the the parking wardens. Um, and so, the part of council's internal planning is kind of working out that hierarchy of uh, essential services that need to keep going no matter what, and that you know that's. Um, uh, rubbish collection, um, you know, the, the water infrastructure, um, but it might not be recycled, might be, because uh, that's something that you can in a far more sanitary way, a stockpile if you need to, if you get short of resources. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, you know, that's sort of the fundamental stuff. What What is it that we absolutely have to keep going, uh, regardless of how the situation unfolds and how do we make sure that the systems are in place for that to happen and working out that kind of reverse hierarchy of need, I suppose. So, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the current situation. So the people of Dunedin News will be rejoicing if the parking wardens are all down sick. They'll be loving life. Um, they'll be able to park where they like. Um, now, um, the count, one more thing with this. The council is also a landlord, um, and, of course, there's rates. You know, will we be looking at a scenario at some stage? Because if you're looking at council flats, it's normally occupied by uh, the elderly or people with disabled, uh, disabilities, um, people on, on extremely low incomes. Will you be looking at some sort of relief for them if things do get a bit tricky? Our, our, our tenants are a, um, are a case in point. So we're a landlord, but we don't we're not a social housing provider. So yeah. We don't offer a social support for tenants in the way that um, uh, other other social housing providers are. So one of the things that we're talking about is how at what point do we make sure that we have people regularly checking in on our tenants because that's not a service that we currently offer. Uh, and you know if you if you get to a point where you do have to close you know, parts of libraries, whether those staff can be redeployed and, and other capacities to check mm. in on people and del- you know, deliver groceries to people who uh, don't feel comfortable or safe in public shopping environments. So that's uh, that's part of that. Um, I think the government's um, announcement on Tuesday around support mechanisms is significant. Yeah, twelve billion dollars, four percent of GDP, uh, increased support to uh, people exactly as you mentioned, people on um, on benefits, on fixed incomes, older people, both through the you know, lift to the to the uh, to the benefit rate and the doubling of the winter energy payment, and so, and as well as support for uh, for workers to be able to take more sick leave, for businesses to be able to keep people in work. Now that's not going to fix it, but it is going to go some way to taking the edge off the um, you know, the, the economic impacts. Um, and there's certainly no shortage of people uh, asking the same question as you. My my general view, and from my admittedly Keynesian worldview, is that this is the absolute worst time that government could start slashing spending and cutting projects and. And you know, adding to the dull queue, either through um, having to lay off significant numbers of staff, which is what we would have to do if we 
uh, froze the rates or even cut or or or, or cut the, the the level of, um, of of revenue that we recoup through rates. Um, you know, this is the time if your hospitality sector is struggling and your tourism sector is struggling. Um, you know you don't want to bail on your construction sector or your civil engineering. So. You know, we're certainly acutely aware of um, how difficult this time is, and and we'll have that debate through the uh, through the annual plan process uh, in in May. But uh, my my view is that a, a response of you know a slash and burn budget uh, is entirely inappropriate given uh, the wider economic context at the moment. Okay, okay. Brilliant. I mean, the, the message is, um, I guess, from council, the same message as it is from, from government. Look after yourselves, look after those around you, where and if you can. Um, wash your hands, be, you know, sanitise, and, and don't go party too hard, students, uh, in, in uh, big uh, big flat parties on Castle Street. I'm not, hey, look, I'm not, you know me, Jamie Green, I've, in all my days, I've never been one. Uh, to turn up and, and tut tut on student behaviour, but I do have to wonder uh, <laughs> uh, about what kind of messaging uh, we need to put out to encourage people uh, to not gather in vast numbers, um, because this is—I mean, this is an incredibly serious situation, and uh, that seems to me, at least, to be a, a significant lapse in judgment. You, you, I mean, you talk about. Um, partying that's relevant too you know drinking heavily taking drugs all of that stuff lowers your uh, your immune system so in times when we are being uh, hyper vigilant about uh, containment of and not just coronavirus but all um, all illness because you know if you, if you pass on your cough or cold to someone who's immunocompromised that means that they're less capable of dealing with something more serious should it come their way. Um, I think we all need to reflect on our lifestyle choices and, and how those are supporting um, better public health outcomes. Indeed, indeed. All right, um, Your Worship, thank you so much. I love you, I love saying that. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, sir. Have yourself a wonderful day and good luck. Uh, and um, I hope uh, everybody at your council um, goes gets through this. Uh, well, because, you know, you're doing a great job. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Thanks, Jamie. That was the Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.